You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. Enjoy the show. Podcast. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host. Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one Two, of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Joe Rogan Universe, formerly the Jerry Review. Joined today by with Garrett. How you doing, bud? Yo, yo, what's happening? Alright, and who we got this week? We got Michael Costa and Tony Hinchcliffe. And then, what's his name? What was the Norman's guy's name? Mark Norman. Mark Norman. Mark Norman. We'll see if we have time to squeeze Mark Norman in. Uh, First off, though, uh, shout out to everyone listening. Thank you so much. Uh, We reached a bit of a milestone where we're at 10,000 of you guys downloading each episode. So we really appreciate it. Thanks for putting up with us. Thank you. and what's new with you, Garrett? What's going on in L.A.? I mean, we're going to get into a lot of COVID shit on this, especially in the Tony Hinchcliffe one, but what updates you got? Uh, I was just playing paddle down in Venice with Sam today, and he mentioned they just put in a... I mean, we've obviously had this takeout order situation, and I don't... It's so weird. I don't know if the lockdown is still official. I'm assuming it is. Um, but apparently there's going to be like a 15-day quarantine starting yesterday. If you leave L.A. County or are trying to enter L.A. County and not exactly sure how they were going to impose it. And he was pretty vague on that as well. But he was like, they're going to be a lot more lockdowny, I guess. So I'm trying to think of logistics on how they can actually enforce that, which is doesn't seem feasible. Um, but we just came back from Mexico. We spent a few days in Mexico for New Year's and then came back and. I don't know, man. It's obviously feels awkward here. Like it's almost been a year now, and it almost feels like the twilight zone because it feels like we're back to when it all started again. So I don't know. Yeah, almost like it's worse, right? Yeah, I mean, now that is this whole like new normal situation. It just seems like I'm not really going to accept that. I don't know what like how to put that, but it seems like I don't know. Just doesn't seem, yeah. I don't, it doesn't seem realistic. My buddy just pulled up in North Carolina. I was on the other line with him before we got on this, and he's, like, walking into the gym, and I was just saying to you, like, how vital that was. I'm like, having that back, like, last year, I haven't had the opportunity to do that in a year now. And I mean, I had a few, a handful of experiences in Arizona and across the country, but, like, the, the, the small things like that, like, it wasn't really a small thing for me. It was a part of my day, and it was, like, one of the, like, what I look forward to. And the fact that that's been, like, ripped out of my, like, life is kind of like I'm trying to not, I don't want to be as over the top as I have been because it's like it is what it is. And if I want to move, then I can move. But Sam keeps saying they're going to have a national lockdown whenever Biden comes into office as far as, like, if this does not change, we're going to, like, be putting, like, military forces in each city. So, like, thoroughly enforcing this lockdown. And that just it seems like morbid i'll tell know. you what they're not going to be doing that shit up in montana and i was going to say I don't no think there's going to be some resistance in some of these some of these states dude right? this place is mostly open 
like I would say it's basically open. Right. You know, and they've had a lot of cases too, but it's like, you know, not enough to where people are people are at work, businesses are open, communities are there, like, oh, check this out for news. So in the jujitsu community, uh and obviously Garrett, you've heard of Gracie Jiu Jitsu, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, um Hicks and Gracie is really considered the greatest jujitsu <clears throat> fighter of all time. Right. His son, Cron Gracie, who fights in the UFC, is from Santa Monica, lived there. Uh he used to like come to my school sometimes and used to eat at the sushi place next door to the sleep number I used to manage. Right. Anyway, I just found out yesterday that he's moved up here and opened a school. Hell yeah. So I went over to the school, it's in Belgrade, and I walk in and freaking Nate Diaz is on the mat training. No. no. Dude, rolling, yeah. That dude yeah. is a monster. Dude, it was awesome. I mean, the killers that he's brought up here, but I mean, for me personally, that was a big part of what I lost in LA, Hell is yeah. like this great lineage of jujitsu from these amazing practitioners and that was always going to be the one thing i wouldn't have up here right. you know i could get my freedoms back and other stuff but i was never going to run into a gym that had a gracie in right you know well, it's not and like you could now one's just opened up 20 minutes away right. i can't believe it that's amazing i love to hear that it's not like you would be using a dude gym i am gym. one billion percent joining that gym right if that's even a percentage right. but yeah i'm going tonight <laughs> at seven Hell hopefully yeah. uh Nick, uh, I mean, Nate would be there. And he, it was an open mat. Like, anyone could have rolled with him. That's awesome. Like, hopefully they do that tonight, and he will destroy me. But it'd be great. You think, is he, so, is he good at jiu-jitsu, Daniel? Just out of curiosity, I don't know. Oh, yeah, he owns a school. Nate Diaz? In Stockton. And, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, that's really his bread and butter when it comes to his fighting. But oh, it, he's an incredible boxer, too. I was going to say, I knew he was so, a badass boxer. I didn't know that. But. Yeah, it's a... T- it's a total package, really, gotcha. as a fighter. But he was cool as fuck as well. Nice. But, yeah. you know, my point is, you know, people are leaving. They're f- like, I spoke to Kron about it yesterday. I'd never spoke to him before. And I, we knew a lot of the same people from where I trained. And, uh, yeah, he was just like, dude, how long could I stay there for? Right. Like, it's a year. Like, I just, I love Santa Monica. I never wanted to leave, but I'm right. gone. And he couldn't be happier. Like you said, I mean the writing's on the wall, but he was even saying it. People are emotionally stuck, I think, to what it was, what it, you know, maybe it will be this again, and yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I've said since I've said since the jump, I just my living situation is so money, but I'm I'm, I have to evaluate. I don't know. It's it's been good for me still, but like I said, the just normalcy of any kind of life being ripped out at this point and it seems like we are it seems like we are polarized by it too like everybody knows what's going on in la across the country and it seems like we're kind of in it alone the way we're doing it at this point there's not a whole lot i mean i guess new york but it's kind of crazy la and well new on york. the bright side you got your six hundred dollars right yeah i did just see that in my account randomly i was like i was staying the you nice <clears throat> i didn't even know that was coming but until they put it in that account, I don't believe anything they say anyway at this point. But Yeah, right. So keep an eye out for that, guys. You should be getting your $600 soon. Yes. I haven't got mine, but that's right. all right. Right. I mean, right. what that's going to do, who knows? What the fuck can you do with that realistically after a year of not working? But I don't know. 
it, it just seems like it seems like a Christmas present right. that you from your parents where you're like, oh my god, this it sucks. Like, what were you doing? <laughs> you know, like right. it just seems like the biggest waste of time. Like we're adults with real bills. Yeah, and you want to give us six hundred bucks? Yeah, yeah. I I have no idea what the right answer is at this point. If there's anything. That's yeah. the thing, that's the thing. Well, let's get in. Let's yeah. get into the Michael Costa <laughs> yeah, uh, pod. Um, I I like I like that guy like uh from the Daily Show. Like I've always thought he was very good. Right. And he obviously opens up with like how wild it is the Rogan's podcast is so big. Yeah. It, I guess people almost can't contain themselves saying that, but it's yeah. almost like a thing that we don't need to go over every time there's a <laughs> podcast. Like, yeah, he knows it's massive. Right. He doesn't know why. And, right. like, what to do about it. But but it was one cool thing that Michael talked about at the beginning is that game. Uh, because he was talking about, like, uh, being able to speak well, right? Oh, and yeah. the practice <clears throat> you get from TV and, and and podcasts and, like, whatever you do. Like, you right. learn how to speak well uh, over time, hopefully. Better than me. I'm bumbling through this. But he said his mother would give him a ball. And then he would be asked a question. He'd have to answer the question and ask another question and then hand the ball over. And he couldn't, you know, you couldn't go past that point until right. that was done. I, I feel like that's such an interesting thing to do with a kid yeah. uh, to teach him, you know, like good ways to kind of hold conversations. Right. It's all about, you know, being interested in the other person, and 100%. not talking so much about yourself, but but like, you know learning about other people i think that's a smart move i wonder like how much of that was that played into his success uh, with the things that he's doing oh i'm sure tenfold i think that's a uh that's a one of the high i can't remember the name of the book right off the top of my head like the seven principles of highly effective people or something i I can't i'm I'm messing that up but one but one of them is the the original one has become genuinely interested in other people <clears throat> and it's it's so valuable like even in life like and people people remember that stuff like <clears throat> excuse me whenever you whenever you actually engage and ask questions in other people's conversations i mean that goes so far like that's obviously why joe's been so successful is that he becomes genuinely interested in other people's success and what they've found to be truth so it's like he just wants to learn more and more so i think that's a great that's like what we used to do for like team building too. I remember like we'd do that kind of stuff and not in the same category as trust falls, but we did that for like some theater groups and some other stuff. I think it's a great way to communicate with people and learn those tactics. It's like the difference between, you know, waiting for your turn to speak and like genuinely just letting the other person finish what they're saying, which is sometimes hard to do on a podcast because take us for example like sometimes we speak over each other i think it's difficult because we don't see each other we like do it through a phone call but um it it, it's just one of those examples like i hate to rush in to a point but sometimes i think i'm gonna forget what i was trying to say absolutely absolutely i think the whole idea is not necessarily waiting for your turn to talk is something I was kind of keeping in the back of my head, like listening to theirs and then always reacting. I have, I have a couple of buddies that are really good communicators that you'll ask them a question and you think that they like didn't hear you or something. Cause they'll just like pause. And it's like, cause they're genuinely thinking up, like I'm trying to be better about this. Cause it means a lot. It's, 
we usually just react to how things affect us and we don't necessarily think like objectively so it's like you take that extra oh for sure you take that extra second like i I, and like i'm thinking of two guys right now that i'll ask them a question and it'll be like this delayed thing and i'm like this fucking guy's not even gonna respond to me am i gonna have to ask him again (laughs) and then like right when i I, used to think people like that was stupid right well no why they take it so long no because then they because they're fucking thinking about what they're gonna say and they 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 know you value what they say so they're not gonna fucking just shoot anything out of their mouth they're gonna like like think there's a lot to that personally yeah, I like it. You know what I was thinking about earlier in the week uh, after this podcast is they kind of so Michael was talking about like negative shit online, right? You know when they say that like things he posts are stupid and and you know Joe is always saying don't read that stuff, right? Right. That's the simple solution. It's not like read it sometimes right. or have a different perspective or understanding about what you're reading. It's just like never don't, read it. Yeah, just leave like it alone. Joe has decided there's no good from it, and it makes sense. And he was saying how Chappelle like stays away totally, basically from I think, social I think media. Chappelle, yeah, Chappelle's completely off sh- social media, I believe. He does have an Instagram, but um, it's uh, it was like raise awareness or something. But I don't think he's super active on it. Right. But he's definitely not looking up shit about himself. No. You know whether it's good or bad, there's no point. Right. It's like it just gets in the way. Uh, you don't need it to boost you to do more shit. I agree. And you know, you could have one bad comment out of 10 good ones, and that's the only one that sits with you. Totally. So fucking ignore it. Yeah. I wonder why the human mind is like that. It's because it's, <laughs> our wins are never uh, as good as or as bad as our losses. You know what I mean? I, I'm sure you know. Yeah, who knows? I think because we're threat assessors. We're always looking for the things that can hurt us. Right. That's a good point. You know, maybe that's why. Yeah. But talking of that, I mean, that brings up COVID, right? And what about what about the the big effects like through COVID? They talked about relationships being destroyed, relationships that were good between people, and through COVID have just become a disaster. I, I, don't I mean, want, I definitely have a story like that. Yeah, I don't want to play devil's advocate on that, but I have heard of that similar scenario. I I don't know. I guess. I, I I have I didn't have I have kind of a girl now, but I I didn't have one throughout the whole time, and I guess we're going through it now. It's nice having my girl with me, but it's like either your relationship's good or bad. I, it seems like such a cop out to say that COVID's caused deterioration of relation. We had to spend time with the person. Like I don't think that in this whatever. Like if you and I were roommates and we had to spend more time together, we wouldn't like ruin our friendship. I I, I just don't foresee that. Is that fair to say true i mean that you know that makes sense but i think the point they were making is like um just because of the other hardships that it brings like the instability financially or otherwise like you're gonna go one of two ways right you're either gonna be drawn closer together which in some ways can create more tension yeah you know because now you're super reliant on each other and you're just waiting for the other person to potentially let you down or you get drawn apart because of the stresses of everything like maybe one of you is not working and the other one has to support that one and yeah it's i can i'm see sure that. it's i can see been that. rough you know there's some, there's some stuff i can i'm i'm sure you're right that's that makes sense i don't <clears throat> yeah that yeah then you can't that's the thing you can't measure all that stuff right that's like not that's not measurable you though. really can't you know and even joe said like by the time gavin newsom gets out of office 
Like he's gonna have destroyed that state completely with, with yeah, with these types of things. I mean, it's he's definitely not in the business of like trying to analyze where people are depressed, right? I mean, this is why you don't hear about any of this stuff. And I don't think Joe. It, moved. it seems weird the media isn't trying to like talk about it though. Right. I guess it's just because everything's so depressing, news wise anyway. Right. That it's hard. It's hard to kind of. How much of the popul- um, How much of the population it. is watching the news? Is my question. A, a lot, you think? Like, how do you get your news? I think about the, how I get my news is probably through our group chat, or through friggin' Instagram. It's not like I turn on Channel Twelve and just like catch up on the news. I never really did that in my first place, but I can tell you right now, I stay so far away from the news. Like I was talking to Sam about that about the vaccine. Like as far as traveling and what have you. Like, the fact that Fauci got it and the fact that Biden got it, I don't even know at this point, it being so early on, that he's like, here's the thing about that, though. They trust the scientists. And I'm like, do they? Or do they just put some solution in their arm? Like, I wouldn't be surprised that's the case at this point. Like, I don't believe, I literally believe zero. Like, zero. There is no, <laughs> there's no fucking tread to walk on at this point. Like, I, there, I, it seems naive to put your faith in anything. Like, what are we, like, you've already burned us. Like, fool me once, fool me twice. Like, where are we going with this? Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure that they're giving the vaccine out to people. Right. Like, I don't think people are injecting themselves with I hope so Maybe I might be being maybe, propaganda, but that's just what went through my head because I don't believe, I mean, I don't know. Sorry to interrupt you there. It's just, yeah. No, it's all right. I, maybe there's a few politicians that are, like, super paranoid about the effects and had to do some sort of public um vaccine shot and maybe they maybe they orchestrated something like that but it seems unlikely i mean people people want to be they they don't want to get this right or get it again or whatever it is and now there's this new strain out of england that's all over the u.s supposedly i'm like you gotta be kidding me is the vaccine even gonna work for that i mean it seems weird it all seems weird at this point i don't know I am so. It's, uh, yeah. Everything just seems so disingenuous, and like I mean, well, we got it goes back to taking care of ourselves, right? Right. Joe talks about it all day long, right. and he even mentioned it on on this podcast, like because of the injuries that he's had, like fucked up knees, all the rest of it. Right. I mean, you know, uh, they're getting to the point where they can like rebuild these things or a lot better. You can get stem cells. You can do, like do a lot to keep yourself healthy and really moving into old age absolutely and it makes you think like where how old are you now 37 uh 38 38 all right i'm 39 uh dude it can't be long we should probably get on testosterone do what get on testosterone i mean i would be down in a heartbeat now I think it'd be fun just to see what the body could do. I mean, Joe's obviously yeah. Just, maybe just do a little bit. Like, I don't yeah. want to get all crazy, Jack. But you know, if if it keeps you feeling young and strong, I mean, this is about when Joe started it. I love the idea. I would definitely try it. I, I mean, I would like to see. I, I feel like I'm. I kind of have quite a bit of that in my body already. But there's like no shortage of energy. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, you never have enough. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they were talking about how Tom Segura fucked himself up 
Yeah, that I mean, so I, he's that scares me. Think about that right now. Like, if that were to happen, that's what not to come back to the COVID thing, but that's what Sam had mentioned to me. He's like, think about you and I are out here playing paddle tennis. You roll your ankle and a fucking bone comes out the side of your ankle. They don't have a fucking bed for you at the hospital. You just have to fucking suck that up. I don't know if that's true, but that's he, he seemed pretty fucking confident that, that was the case. Like they're not going to clear out of COVID. Well, the hospitals are overwhelmed in L.A. I mean, right. that's part so you're of fu- why you're just fucked. And, shutdown. And he even mentioned that, too. He's like, if you get in a, he said that they they had said that if you're like with if they could save you, but you're like, there's a chance you could pass. They'll just call it like if you're in a severe car accident or something now. They're not going to put you. They're not going to admit you. You're just going to end up. You're they're just going to kind of wait it out for you to die. I don't know. That's a what? That's, that's a herd from a bird. But that's what he said. Wow. I well, I wonder how. I, I wonder I mean, where sure Tom Segura a, was when he hurt himself. I'm sure Tom he Segura. Blew, got, he got the money to go bomb into a private facility somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah, he. I mean, he broke his arm, blew his knee out. I mean, it was a mess. I haven't seen all of the footage, but yeah. I've seen some of the memes that he posted. It's br- like it's almost I'm like sure. you don't want to watch it. It no, looks so bigger, gross. The bigger you are, the harder you fall. I'm sure it was a lot. Of, He's a big a guy. Of, a lot of weight on that fucking leg and that arm for sure. Yeah, I heard. I heard. Big guy I, trying I, to. I fall. <laughs> I follow Bert on his fucking Instagram, and he's watching the top ten, and then he's like, waits for the number one to come on, and he's like, Tom Segura falling, Tom Segura falling, Tom Segura falling, and it wasn't obviously right. It was a pro play, but I'm just like, oh my god, that that shit's not funny, man. That shit hurts. No, that's why you got to do yoga. Yeah, right. The, the one thing in this podcast that Joe talked about um, that I really thought was cool, and I'd heard this story before, I can't remember where. He may have actually said it at the comedy store while I was uh, watching him do some stand-up. But he talked about how he was doing so much yoga for a while that he got in a car accident, and it was in, I know it was in his Porsche, his GT3. Right. And this kid rear-ended him. So that's an expensive car. And it's a rare car. So it's a tough, you know, it's really difficult to get those fixed. Rear-ended him and the kid didn't have a license or insurance and he was an illegal. Right. And Joe just went, hey, look, the police are here. You know, I'll let you go. Right. But what he said afterwards that I thought was really cool is Joe was thinking and he was like, I need to strive to be the person all the time that I was when that kid rear-ended me. Absolutely. Because I think, of, I think he does. Know. I think he does. I think that there's, I'm, I, I'm, I think after you have that practice for a while and not that I'm enlightened by any stretch, but I do, I can see where he's coming from, especially when he acknowledges the fact that the money's like never going to be an issue forever, like. If you can see that, yeah, not so, he like, doesn't need to worry. You're not so like scarcity drawn. I mean, I, I think that that's a gr- I think that's a great way to put it. I think that meditation. I I totally agree with the yoga thing, but even on a lighter scent, like I've noticed so much patience and so much clarity. Like even spending ten minutes a day just meditating means so much. Like, yeah, you just and have- it's not just that he's so wealthy he could fix it. Like, right. yeah, that was a prime example. But right. I mean, it could be a smaller issue, right? Totally. You could be at Starbucks and something could happen that yeah, could be dude. annoying. And it's just about having right. more patience. Patience, right? I, I totally agree. the The big takeaway I thought that I liked from the Michael Costa one is so he was um, he was talking about uh, tennis, right? Because he right. used to be a tennis player. And the the guy, Joe was talking about that dude at the gym. There was like a really good badminton guy or something. Some other game that like nobody gives a fuck about. Right. And he was like a world champion, but 
you couldn't go anywhere with it. Right. And it was something that Joe looked at when he was doing Taekwondo. He's like, wow, I'm really good at this, but I'm at a dead end. I can't make any money like this. And it, and it's interesting t- because you always hear like, follow your passions, go with it. Right. Like no matter what, like, and he did that obviously with a podcast that pays off. But I guess also there's a bit of a trap because you might end up getting really good at something that has no value. Uh, and that's definitely something that you should think about. Yeah, I mean, it's all the value to you, too, is from a psychological standpoint. You can look at it that way. But I think nowadays there's a market for almost anything. There's so many people in this world. If you're a professional badminton player or you have the, I mean, not even credentials, but the ability, somebody wants to be good at that. You could offer lessons. You could find an angle. That's probably true. <clears throat> if you wanted to. I mean, that would take a little more creativity and ingenuity. But I think that there's an there's a market for. I mean, anything nowadays. Like if you want to fucking be the, I mean, it's not simple, but the best cook you could hire a personal chef to come in and teach you how to be the best. Chef. Obviously, you can make a lot of money doing that. But that, you know, what right? I, you know what I mean? There's an. I just thought it was like an interesting take on that whole. You know, just master something right. thing. Right. Maybe, maybe there is a, a an aspect of it where you want to keep a little bit in the back of your mind, just to be like, wait a minute. Right. Like, how how can I make the? Is this going to be profitable? Yeah, like, he, how much time can I invest in this, and right. and will it be worth it? I didn't realize he played as much pool as he did. I mean, I know he always talks about it, but I didn't realize he was like, I'd bring a pool stick to my gigs and wherever I went, eight hours a day and this, that, and the other. I was like, Jesus, I kind of found it interesting too. I didn't realize pool whenever you're betting was like, you kind of just wait it out until the guy gives up. Did you hear that whole like analogy? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, those guys are crazy. That's those like, pools, he's like, yeah, you play 50. Uh, that, that must be a wild scene. <laughs> oh, dude, I've never even seen that. You just got a bunch of like coked out dudes on Adderall and shit. Like just so focused. <laughs> I mean, it sounds kind of an interesting atmosphere, but <clears throat> It's cool watching people yeah, be good. Yeah, I don't know how much Adderall you want um, playing pool. It would probably make you shaky. Yeah, who knows? I think heroin was like the drug of oh, choice that's over right. there. Yeah, I remember you telling, him telling another story about that. I do, I, I do like just seeing people be good at anything, Like to be honest. like If you're a master at anything, I, I'd be interested to see what you're a master at regardless. If, yeah, for sure. It's always <laughs> impressive. Right. Uh, talking about masters, let's move on to Tony Hinchcliffe. The master of comedy and roasting the shit out of people. God, he's funny. Uh, Tony, I'm a big fan of Tony. Like, he's great. I've seen him live lots of times and uh, really pumped that he's made the move to Austin as well. I mean, also just goes to show, you know, that people are not sticking around. The hardest part for me in this podcast was, like, it was almost difficult to listen to the stand-up bits because of how much it just makes me miss watching stand-up and then also performing totally you know in open mics and being able to go to it it's like it's sad like i know it's not dead forever and obviously joe is been alluding but clearly he's opening a big club down there that's going to be awesome I do. Uh, so it will be back right but it's like how long do we have to miss it for and uh i, I don't know it's just it's kind of like bittersweet listening to all these good stories but knowing that they're not existing right now and it's not like the thing the thing that i haven't like really accepted and i don't know if i have to or it seems that way but it's like it's not coming back here either that's what it feels like it's like no matter the weather the location like i don't know i mean is it is it fair to say that like you were we talked about before in five years maybe we come back and it's rejuvenated it's a different place again but 
do we just have to? I think so. Is that just what the deal I think is? it's going to take that long. There's just going to be a five year lull of fucking nonsense, for, and then we're just going to like hopefully ride it out. That just seems like a long time to ride something out. Well, but I mean, who knows? In that amount of time, maybe d- different things have happened, and, and that's not the focus. It's true. You know? It's true. Like, in my mind, I think that. I'm like, yeah, I would love to do that. Like, go back when things are more stable right. and enjoy it again. But who knows? Maybe in that time, I have different priorities. Right. I mean, all I can do now is just focus on those things. I mean, Tony was talking about how they closed golf. Yeah, that is. That seemed like the fucking stupidest asinine. thing I'd ever heard. Asinine. Asinine. Like, who are we trying to appease? Yeah, I mean. Like, I don't, I don't it, it makes me sick. Well, Joe had 300 people at his show with Chappelle. And they tested everyone with the rapid test. So you're testing everyone and, you know, you get the results back and then you put the show on. You can't do that with golf. How many people go through a golf course in a day? I don't know if I like. Isn't it like groups of like four or five at a time? Four four max, four fits in the cart, four is the max on the tee. And like Tony said, you're not ever within 12 fucking feet of somebody. I mean, unless you're riding on the cart and and ideally you're supposed to. Yeah, but you could put a mask on. That's like an Uber, dude. With the windows down. Yeah, there's no. I mean, they're like, where were we? I can't remember where we were. But over the loudspeaker, it's like, do not surround yourself with anybody else from your house unless they're from your household. It's like, how do you know the person in your household didn't go to the fucking store, get COVID, bring it back to your household, and now you all four got COVID? Like, where's the logic here? What are we talking about? I don't know. Wait, there was a loudspeaker? Yeah, Where did you hear I, that? I, like, I can't remember where we were. We were at some food place or something on the way home from Mexico. I can't remember where it was. But oh, I, don't know if I, I, men- I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but uh, since the, I don't think we've had this, this happen since, but we're on an indefinite lockdown right now. Did you know that? What? It's not a – It's not. there's no time allotted for it. It's just like whenever Newsom says I'm going to let off at this point. They just made it indefinite. Yeah. Do you got you guys have a curfew too, right? I mean, I, I've, I've, yes, I guess that's the thing. Everything is seems so fucking gray because I've heard, also I've heard I've seen interviews and and seen stuff on the new like on the Instagram post about cops being like we will not enforce this bullshit kind of thing. But I think on that's pa- unreal. on paper, yeah, I believe there is a curfew, a ten o'clock curfew. I believe, but I don't know, man. Uber Isn't the biggest shocker really the fact that everyone still has to pay rent? Yeah. And there's nothing. There's nothing that they set up to be like, oh, yeah, like you could you could defer it for a while. Right. But then the landlords just came right after you and well, were like, hey, you owe us six grand. If you want to look at it from a bigger standpoint, though, I mean, my buddy owns property, too. And if he if his if his tenants weren't paying the rent, it comes from the government at this point. It comes from the state government and the federal government. If you want to keep people from working and paying their bills, then you need to subsidize that payment. Otherwise, you're putting people in a fucking predicament, telling them they can't work while you're getting paid the whole time to tell us that we can't work. That just the, the concept there is so is so fucking archaic. There's no it just seems so dumb. I don't know how to describe it other than dumb. <laughs> it's like I, yeah i just can't believe that it i don't put, I, I don't, just don't know put like, like i would love to know who's paying i'm not putting i'm not putting it to. i'm not putting it on the renters i don't want to say that they don't deserve the money because i mean not the renters but the people that own the places because they have bills to pay too and if they rely on that income then you can't be like they shouldn't get paid i think if you're if you're the people in charge of telling people that they can't work you got to be the ones that subsidize that money period 
There's no other way around it. At least let people live. Let people live. I mean, just have a house. Right. Well, that's another weird thing. It'd be like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, Tony used to talk about how much he loved the neighborhood he lives in. Right. Like, he'd talk about that on other podcasts, and he talked about it on this one. Like, yeah. he loved the neighborhood. To- he felt safe totally. there. It was a lot of fun. Other good comedians around. I think he's in... I think he was in Santa- uh, West Hollywood. Yeah, somewhere. West Hollywood or Santa Monica, but, yeah. That's right. And, uh, yeah, now he said he doesn't feel safe. Right. He can't do anything. You know, there's the curfew, there's no comedy, and they, like, you know, the homeless situation is, is just getting, you know, really ugly. And and the big thing that he said, which is something that resonated with me, is that feeling. He just didn't feel safe. It didn't feel the same. Like, the psychological impact on people was, was real. Yeah. And either people were believing it or denying it. And And he made the point that it's like people are kind of emotionally like held to that place like they're the ones that are like i'm not going anywhere i mean look obviously not everyone can just up and leave like people have ties and they can't get away but i I, that feeling's still got to be there right yeah it's uh i just keep like being like all right well eventually it's going to change back to normal i mean i'm uh, the winter time here is kind of shit i don't want to say shitty anyway but for california it's like you just like embrace the summer and every other time other than like december january february so i mean right now it's like if it had to pick a time i'd be okay with not working because i remember back at old jobs working here this is the slowest time of year anyhow so that's if true. i'm trying to be optimistic that's definitely a, a glimmering point that said It'd be a tough pill to swallow to get back to March and March and April when it starts getting nice, and then then be like, all right, well, yeah, we're still in this lockdown. It'd be like, bro, like this is gonna be the straw that breaks the camel's back because I can't be fucking riding that out for like I can't be doing that for the summertime again. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, summer's probably a good a good um, place to kind of figure out if. You know, because if you miss the summer, especially with the type of work that we did there, I mean, that's most of your money for the year, too. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And it doesn't... I just don't see, like, even with the vaccine, I don't I don't think that... that I, I think people are just so worried about this. And the, with the way that they've set up, you know, the dining and everything, I mean, I just can't imagine it being that, like, you know bars are full again it's still going to be that kind of like half Dude, open you know you know it's interesting <clears throat> you know it's interesting that these places down on washington over by the pier here a few of them that i mean we were kind of the initial people that got on the ball and got our outside dining done but you can see some of these places that are just now getting all this outside dining done you can tell that they invested quite a few dollars like they probably put thought thought it out and now they have it, and it's just sitting there, like this nice ass outdoor canopies and stuff outside. And it's just like it's just sitting, yep. it's just sitting there now. Like you could tell, uh, two places in particular, I'm thinking of that you could tell drop some hefty coin on some outdoor tents. They're not inexpensive, and now they're just, yeah. Now they're just and that's there. that's cost money, and that's <clears throat> definitely cost jobs. Hundred percent. Something has to pay for that. Hundred percent. One thing Tony said that was really shocking to hear is like he said that he even feels like the inspiration of the place is gone. Right? Yeah. And you know, he's around people that that do a lot of comedy, a lot of stand up, right. you know, that have really been 
they move there for a reason and they're really pushing to kind of develop their craft and their art and you know develop a name for themselves totally and when when basically all of that stopped apart from a few really smart people that have capitalized with like instagram videos and youtube and stuff i mean it's it's taken a lot of the life out of these people yeah for sure i mean imagine how many comics have quit how many great comics we would have had in 10 years i mean with that after training and getting good that we'll never hear from because they just had to move on i I guess that's like anything but to me that's something i think about yeah that's sad i don't know if you got a chance to watch any it was kind of sad too i that um I don't know if you've seen that comedy store documentary. If you haven't, I'd check it out. They, oh, I have. It's great. Oh, dude, I just was. I think I'm on like episode three. I don't know if I think there's four episodes, but I mean that is just like, it's uh, it's great. It's just really sad to see that that's like gone. Well, it's so sad because if all the times for that to come out, and I Joe even talked about it on the Mark Norman uh, um, podcast. Yeah. He was saying that um, you know. If that thing had come out while the comedy store was still open, oh, can you I mean, it would sell out for a freaking year. Forever. I mean, people would be coming from everywhere. And it, and now it's like everyone watches it. Yep. You learn about how amazing this place is, and you can't go. Right. It doesn't exist. <laughs> it just doesn't exist. It's pretty fucking sad, man, especially watching that. It was like so much roots and all that stuff. It's like... Well, I, I don't know. I hope Joe builds it all out there again. Like, why not? Why can't he? He made a good point. I just don't know. Is it like here? Is this going to be the acting thing now? And then out there is that? Or is the acting going to shift somewhere else too? Because even Sam was mentioning that his thing on SEAL Team has already been postponed a week. And depending on how things go, it could just be suspended for, in, I don't want to say indefinitely because that's not what he said, but a couple more weeks or who knows. You never You can't put any context on anything now like you don't know especially with this indefinite it's like you're just gonna let me know when i can start doing stuff again and then i'll just clear it through you right are they even gonna like if the thing about making tv shows and movies right now especially movies there's no fucking movie theaters open i mean like they're never they're never gonna open those things again right surely they've all gone out of business yeah i would imagine i mean i would imagine so it seems like netflix and all these platforms are gonna take over that industry anyway it seemed that it was seemed it was like that in that direction anyhow from my perspective but i hear what you're saying i liked what joe was saying about there's some la sheriff that will not enforce the stay-at-home orders that's what i was that was what i that's uh-huh. what i was referencing when i said that i saw some stuff because yeah i had seen that he said the stay-at-home order and also the the curfew deal exactly is is that um i wonder where in la that sheriff is but i like that i mean people see they in some way they need to start pushing back right. you know and it's not a question of like let's make people unsafe Dude, we're putting those- it's just like let's get some fucking sanity you're putting this, some co- you're putting cops in a serious fucking situation to tell people that they can't go outside and they can't do things like cops already have such a bad rap as it is right now to put that on top of all of it i didn't really even think about that until just now <laughs> like dude that is a tough pill to swallow if i'm a police officer i've already got this fucking black cloud hanging over my head as it is and then to try and go tell people what they can and can't do after they've been in their house for a fucking year it's a tall order. Yeah. That's a tall order. I mean, the the most heartbreaking thing from this podcast, since, again, it's like very comedy, stand-up 
centric right but you can almost put it in you know any sort of genre of especially art or anything else i guess that requires people coming together to work together and do something is like there's no open mics anyway right right? and if new clubs open up and they decide look we got to be profitable because we're so broke we're not gonna have an open mic night no one's invested because they don't make a lot of money that no one's investing in that new talent and all of that new talent is not practicing so you know you've got to think like the people that have been grinding for years let's say they've got to like three years or four years that's not enough to take two years off no those people have quit for sure or they go back and it's like they've never done it before right so then things open up what a year from now and then we get some new open micers shit it's going to take them 10 years to get good it's like we're going to miss a generation of comedians. <clears throat> I don't know if that's all going to happen because everything happens quicker, like exponentially as, as society moves forward. It seems like everything gets condensed as far as the progress goes. Progress happens quickly. I think that I think we can bounce back at some point. I just this whole California thing, like I was saying earlier, the fact that we're so polarized as being the, the state that's handled it the absolute worst. Definitely does not feel good, and the fact that they beat like he beats on that every single podcast, and I'm like, oh, I'm still in California. But I mean, like I say, it's I mean, my situation is not like everybody else's, and I'm not like super, whatever. But I'm fortunate to have what I have at this point. That's how I look at it. And yeah, I'm on un- I'm, I'm on, just I'm, pumped I'm, that I'm on unemployment, so it's not like I'm living it up. I'm just saying, as long <laughs> as I stay within my means, I, life takes care of itself. But you can just about cover your bills. But I mean, yeah. It, yeah it, I mean, look, I'm, in, I'm, I'm super happy that, that I made that move right. and I've been fortunate. Right. Things have worked out. I've got a nice place that I lucked into, even though it's like almost impossible to find anywhere to live in Bozeman right. because it seems like everyone's moving here. Right. But the fact that, you know, a school that I would have loved to have gone to, even in Santa Monica has just come here. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, Yeah. It's it's very fortunate, but it also highlights the fact that you know I meet people often here that are that are moving that have moved from all over the place. Right. A lot of times, big cities, and they're just tired of it. Right. They're like, no more Portland and Washington, especially. I'd imagine. I don't know too much about what's going on out there. Dude, I've heard very, some crazy things about Portland, yeah. but people are coming here from there fast. Drones, huh? Interesting. That's what's interesting is you don't know. I mean. I, I got to explore my options and think about that stuff. I, I I mean, I don't know when to start evaluating that. I think that mentioning as far as we'll see where we're at in the summertime because that's the time to be in California. It's the best time, best place to be that I could ever imagine. But uh, we'll have, I'll have to reevaluate. Well, that. maybe in the maybe in the spring, you know, you just do some traveling right. and figure it out. I mean, I'm, I mean, you're always welcome to check out this place. Without a doubt. That's the so. thing. I've done, I was thinking about all the places that I've been since COVID. I've traveled so much since COVID. It's crazy. I'm supposed to go to Puerto Rico on the 20th as well, but I don't know what they're in. Nice. They're imposing. Some, that's the thing about this, the quarantine. And then I had, Sam was like, you got to get my girl mentioned you got to get a COVID test, but then you start thinking if the COVID test is 150 bucks and then you're already 300 bucks in for you and her. I don't know. It's just, it's just stuff to think about, but yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's the way to do it. Yeah. It's either that or just stick it out and see what happens. Right. But uh, anyway, let's uh, let's call it a wrap on it. Did you have anything you wanted to add from the um, 
Mark Norman one. It was similar in a lot of ways to the Tony one, right. so I didn't really want to yeah. go over a lot. A lot of stand-up talk. That guy's great, though. He's very funny. Yeah, I, I, I second that. A lot of cancel culture. Yeah, same idea. But, uh, yeah. He's pretty witty. All right, guys. Well, thanks a lot, as always, for listening. And, um, you know, if you're sick and tired of the COVID talk, I get it because you got to live it. But we're just trying to give a voice to it and, uh, and discuss it, which is what joe's doing a lot too i mean it's the only way we're going to work through the craziness but uh if you can uh reach out to us if you listen from wherever you are in the country you know write us an email uh joe rogan experience review at gmail.com uh tell us about what it's like where you're at like if it's open if it's closed what cool cities there are maybe we'll find somewhere for garrett to live yeah i would love to hear that All right, guys. Thank you, Garrett, as always. And have a great week, folks. Thank you very much. Peace out.